this year will be uh, my 37th anniversary coming in May. And um, the Lord has been showing me how slow I am in understanding what he has been revealing to us. And that reminded me of Jesus saying that to his apostles, how slow they were in understanding. You would think that men who left everything, their family, their their fishing, everything to follow Jesus had a complete open mind and heart, and that's not the case. And even though um, in my case I enter into this openness to the priesthood, still the Lord is revealing to me the hardness of my heart and my um, slowness in understanding that since 2008, the Lord brought me this grace of uh, meeting um, this charism and uh, Lourdes and uh, how slow um, I have been to really go to the depth of it. And I have a sense of urgency uh, for the time that we got left because one of the effects of uh, uh, original sin is that we have a profoundly distorted perception of the time we have left in this world. We don't realize how quickly everything is going to pass. And the day we die and we are facing the Lord, we will grieve of the wasted opportunities the hardness of, of our hearts, the resistance we have given the Holy Spirit because we wanted to be so normal according to what we thought normality was, just like the apostles. They were good people and they wanted to be normal. So they reduced everything to their preconceived understanding of what things are. We have to pray to have the humility to allow the Holy Spirit to bring us to the fullness of what he wants to give us and to be truly willing to be mocked and ridiculed and misunderstood in this world, that is true humility. Until we're willing to trust in God and have the audacity of Mary to go forward following the truth that she received, we're not really humble. We're still protecting ourselves and protecting our security. So this uh, Christmas, I was amazed that the Gospels, the readings, um, I was listening to them as if it was for the first time, and the Lord was revealing to me the word in, in new ways and just making me amazed. 
One thing that the Holy Father said recently these days is that Christianity is not real until it becomes concrete. It's not real until it becomes concrete. The incarnation is not an idea. It's a reality that happened. The word, the logos became flesh. And all that we see in the Gospels, if you notice, more than a lot of ideas and teachings are events. Events that we need to receive so that they become actualized in, in my life, in your life. And the Lord will challenge us to see how we are protecting ourselves because we are afraid of just abandoning ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We, we can create for ourselves, for example, an idea of what love is. Love one another. But the Lord made it very concrete, as I have loved you. So here's a young man, 33 years of age, and he willingly laid down his life to death in Calvary. And he says, this is love. It's not just, you know, do something nice, you know, and maybe it's just, just do something nice. No, we have to allow the Holy Spirit so that the fullness of the reality, the concrete reality of love comes about in us towards God, towards our brothers and sisters. And then the Lord will start convicting us of all the ways that we insulate ourselves from this, from this abandonment. And that is why accompaniment is crucial. We must all have accompaniment and, and go there with vulnerability. Be willing to be exposed by the Holy Spirit in the ways that we need to acknowledge that the Lord is taking us to a new dimension of love, a new dimension of self-knowledge. One of the things the Lord has been teaching us in this community is the importance of the rite of penance in the Mass when we say, let us acknowledge that we are sinners, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. At that time, for us, is a time to beg for self-knowledge because how can we be sorry for sins and how can we ask for mercy? if we are not exposing ourselves to the Lord to show us where mercy needs to be applied. God wants to apply his mercy to my reality of my self-righteousness, my attitudes, the way I want to be recognized, the way I, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it can be for each person. But we need to come to know it, to know these things it's an immense grace of God. It's an immense grace of God to come to self-knowledge. But this is hard work. 
The Holy Spirit will do it, but we need to be disposed. And the first reaction that we have when we are in situations that expose our hardness of heart, our attitudes, our limitations in loving, is we want to separate. We want to run away from that situation or that person. And we have to thank God for that person, for that situation, because that's our greatest benefit to come to those difficult moments of self-knowledge and of conversion. And that brings it to the concreteness of Christianity. Um, Christianity is not just avoiding sins and I'm a good person, I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't do that. Christianity is an encounter with the living God that enters into our existence, into our hearts, into our minds, and more and more directs us, guides us to a new place that is uncharted, that we're, that is unexpected, that challenges our securities, that challenges our expectations, that breaks down sometimes our lives the way we thought it before, the way we expected it, and brings us to new a new reality. I wanted to share with you one concrete um, gospel this year that I saw in a new light, and that is the gospel of the Lord Jesus from Matthew. Jesus is um, it's left in the temple, and the, Joseph and Mary are looking for him. We can ponder a lot of things with our intellect about why that happened. But the Lord and Holy Spirit showed me this year two main things. One is that even Mary and Joseph needed to come to this checkup to grow. It's hard for me to understand that Mary needed to grow in her faith because she is the all pure, the all holy. She had no sin, but that doesn't mean that she didn't need to grow. So she had no sin. She was immaculate purely for God. And yet the Holy Spirit wanted to continue to expand her heart more and more. And that only comes through these moments of crisis, of abandonment. And I thought about Mary and Joseph in these pierced hearts of those three days looking for Jesus, not understanding, neither do we, really, at least I don't, uh, the circumstances why <coughs> Jesus stayed and he had to be doing the will of the Father, had to be in the temple. So that that was an amazing um, point of vulnerability for me to say, yes, Lord, do the same with me. Uh, I pray that you bring me to those moments and I'm willing to be like Mary and Joseph and, and change and be open to a new understanding of you, of you. The second thing I learned from that gospel is that Jesus at the age of 12, 
was fully prepared to be in a practical way a doctor of truth in the temple of Jerusalem, which is absolutely the center of Jewish faith, which represents the dwelling of God himself and the center of the universe. And here he is in the temple speaking the wisdom of God and everyone, including the priests, the scribes, everybody's amazed at this. You know what that means? It means that at that moment, the Lord could have stayed there in the temple in Jerusalem and begun the most fabulous ministry ever seen and drawn multitudes and from there evangelize. We could have had years and years of this wisdom of God revealed through, through Jesus Christ. And yet, it was the will of the Father that immediately he would submit to Mary and Joseph, Joseph and Mary and go back to Jerusalem and spend the next 18 years in the most hidden life. Take that. He renounced to being the great master teacher in the temple of Jerusalem to go to Nazareth, a little hick town disdained by everybody and to be just one more young person living there in complete anonymity. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And they said that when he was already an adult. He was unperceived, unknown, unrespected, unacknowledged. And the Lord is telling us in his word that this is the will of the Father. See, we do not think in those ways. We think the more we can preach and evangelize and, and do works and fruits and things to happen, that's the best automatically. And so we don't allow the Holy Spirit to really guide us in a mysterious way. And the Lord has been teaching us in this community the power of the hidden life, which is the primary witness of Jesus 30 out of the 33 years in a hidden life of anonymity, saving the world, redeeming the world by the ordinary life in submission to God the Father, and also to Joseph and to Mary. And not only Mary grew, but Jesus also grew. And what a mystery that is. And so you and I must grow as well and pray to enter into this mystery of vulnerability, of hiddenness, and to appreciate 
the power, the importance of our daily life totally submitted by the, to the Lord in the Holy Spirit. Then today, we have the, um, the reading of the gospel of today. If you remember, um, Thursday, it's, um, go back to Luke chapter 4, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And sometimes we just pass that as an introduction, but that is all important because the Lord Jesus would not move a finger if it's not moved by the Holy Spirit. He lived as a man in submission and thus his power. This is the fullness of freedom. Freedom from the coercion of the flesh, of our self-centeredness, of all the things that drive us into self-destruction. The true freedom comes from our ability to allow the Holy Spirit to move our lives, and not just in special decisions. Should I be a priest or not be a priest? But every day of our lives, just move open to the Holy Spirit and move open to the Holy Spirit to suddenly change plans that you thought were from the Holy Spirit and the Lord let you go into that direction for a while and now he's going to reverse it. Remember how God told Abraham to go and, and sacrifice Isaac? And the same God then told him not to do it. So God can take us into one direction for a while and say, very well, my daughter, my son, I'm pleased with you that you trusted me. Now go this direction. We have to be open to the Holy Spirit. The Lord returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And that's the same power of the Spirit that he lived the, the 30 years that he was in, in Nazareth, 12 uh, before the temple and the 18 after. And that's the same spirit that took him to, to the cross. And we have to face the reality that ultimately we are afraid of this. Because, because we're afraid of the cross. And because we see a lot of suffering in this world, a lot of terrible situations in this world, and we seek self-preservation. We love you, Lord. We will do the things we're supposed to, but I need to preserve myself. That's what we do. So we split ourselves. We, we do God's will to a certain extent, but then there's a core that we want to be safe and we don't want to, to let go. And to the point that we don't do that, we're not really fully free. So 
the Lord is inviting us, trust in me completely. Trust and allow the Spirit to show you the truth, to convict you, to bring you to repentance, to bring you to a, a full docility so that I can, I, can, I can lead you. And it's in the Spirit that the Lord went to the synagogue, opened the role of Isaiah, think about the shock to those people. When the Lord reads, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor, send me to proclaim liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year of acceptance to the Lord. A year of acceptance to the Lord is a moment of grace to the Jewish people where all debts are forgiven. When everybody who was indebted on, in slavery is set free. And the Lord is proclaiming the year of the Lord. Through him, a new era dawns upon humanity. Do you understand the shock of those people? Nothing in the whole history of humanity could be greater than that. More than Moses, the Exodus, all the great things and the prophets that the Jews revered. And now this young man from the hometown is saying he's the fulfillment of all this. What an amazing revelation. And I believe that when God works so powerfully in our time, in our midst, it's hard for us to believe. We can accept that God did this 2,000 years ago. We can accept St. Teresa of Avila, St. Francis, but to believe that God is revealing himself to us and leading us by this Holy Spirit and calling each one of us to be saints, to be saints full of the Holy Spirit, acknowledging our woundedness, our brokenness, our sins, so that he can lift us up, that Christianity is not a self-made project where God bequeathed on us a bunch of wonderful teachings that we emotionally take on, how beautiful what Jesus said, look at this, and we sort of try to emulate, to learn, to adapt, but it's all here in the mind, as if it was some kind of a, a way for us to, to learn all these teachings and to try to make them into practice. My brothers and sisters, where is the Holy Spirit in that? Only the Holy Spirit can move us to the powerful transformation that applies redemption to our lives so that we truly be new men and women, the new Adams and the new Eves. Not to do 
famous and great things, but perhaps to be in Nazareth the rest of our lives. Whatever God wants, that's the most powerful and the most effective and what is going to bring the most souls to heaven. So indeed, like Lourdes said, four of us will be going to Europe. But all of us are going to be participating in these encounters, each according to the plan of God, to be able to be an offering of the Lord for the sake of our brothers and sisters. So every day, my brothers and sisters, open up to the Holy Spirit without being afraid and just let go and allow the Spirit to show us the, the depth of the meaning of the word and of love. When we talk about love and we see and we know the brokenness of humanity. We know Father Hartley in Ethiopia there with the poorest of the poor, uh, working there with the missionaries of charity. And we know the multitudes that are living the most um, inhuman conditions. And we say we love. We have to be challenged by that every penny that we spend, is it really, Lord, your will? Is it really moved by the Holy Spirit? How do I administer my time? Everything belongs to you, and that's my happiness. And it's a freedom, it's a joy that will come upon us when the power of the Spirit just convicts us and takes us to a, to a new place. So let's pray for one another for this, uh, for this grace. Uh, as you know, what follows in this encounter in the synagogue is everybody's pleased with Jesus, and he could have stopped then. You know, let's stop while I'm ahead. Everybody's happy. But no, again, he had to be led by the Spirit to speak words that deeply offended those people, and they tried to kill him. And I want to finish with this. There is a difference between giving scandal and taking scandal. Jesus never gave scandal. He never did a thing that would lead people to confusion or to deny or to rebel against God. Of course, but many did take scandal of his actions. So we should never give scandal, but sometimes by being faithful to the Holy Spirit, some or many may take scandal of our behavior. And this is something we must bear and suffer for the Lord, as he did himself. God bless you.